Okay. Welcome to the Pits Podcast. This is a safe space for you, but not your mess. We will keep it respectful, but we are also with the shit. I am Jay. Miss Phoenix. KD. Q. And it's your girl EK. And you are now entering the pit. Disclosure, this is not water. This is alcohol, so things could go left. Uh, what are we talking about today, Q? Um, we are talking about our perspectives um, of being black in the community. Fuck that shit. I want to talk about Meghan Markle and the motherfucking royal family, <laughs> those ugly cousin fucking ass motherfuckers. I'm sorry, and that's probably cussing too much. Let me <laughs> let me state that again. I want to talk about <laughs> Meghan Markle and them wrong old evil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Ancestrous people across the pond. Not ancestrous. Oh, ancestrous so, across the pond. Y'all, people for me. <laughs> <laughs> Why are the old white men look like old decrepit vampires? But that's just me, I guess. Because Prince Philip, that's a corpse. You can't tell me that dead ain't- at night. Fully dead. Don't at he night. look like he about to uh, perish. <laughs> Ten toes down in the grave. Ten toes down. I mean, I have two two thought two sides to this. I mean, I understand where Megan is coming from and how she is now addressing her blackness. And now she was, you know, all the things and all of the things. But I also think about Megan prior to. And Megan was always biracial, honey. It was very clear. She always made that fact very, very, very known. But was gagged when those English folk didn't give a fuck about that other 50%. They mm-hmm. cared about that one 50% if that was an issue. And I think she was really gagged by that. I also find it interesting how you date a prince. And how Diana was like, like so much for even American culture. And you do no research, girl. Now I'm finna marry a prince and don't know nothing about he what is going on on the inner workings of his family. Right. So he I'm like, marry girl, his son. you knew what was going on. You just had a fairy tale in your mind, but with them people over there in the press start letting you have it. You wasn't ready for that girl because you thought it was passing enough. The gag is, it was not. And then she was bamboozled. I mean, I am here for Harry standing by his woman. I don't know what kind of good good she got going on over there, but that man said, if my whole family, if all this, girl, we can move to Canada, we can move to the U.S., he is ride or die for her. He really loves her. It's the wife. I'm gonna need her to remember that for the rest of her days. Oh, <laughs> Not that he would I ever be king, but at least he could still be getting the damn allowance, honey. Because I don't know how much money Diana right. left him, but I don't know if it's enough to support their lifestyle for the rest of their lives and their children. I mean, the way it's looking, ain't nobody finna be king because the queen looks like she's gonna live forever because her son been waiting for her to die for the last eighty some years, <laughs> and she's still here. <laughs> His daddy is still alive. That walking corpse, that skeleton. I don't know what's going on over there. But they just refused to die and let that man have the throne, which I can't blame him. I, I live forever too. If that was what was waiting. Do you guys think it was fair for uh, Harry, well, Prince Harry, to have to walk away from his royal family? I don't know if Do I would like say it's fair, but that's a choice he made. That's true. He could I don't think I've ever made this choice, but you know, I feel like she knew what she was getting into before they got married. So it's just like, don't tell me to like walk away from all of this when this is the life I had before you came. Like I know how sometimes when you walk in people's lives, you are a part of their lives, not their lives. So he was already a prince before right. you met him. Right. And that's a lot to walk away from. But the gag is he already wanted to leave anyway. And part of me feel like she probably knew these things. Like he don't really 
I know if I say such and such, he gonna come with me. I know that for a fact. I feel like she knew that, even though she's like, I ain't know nothing about him. I was just dating the boy. Girl, people be Googling on Facebook about regular ass niggas. So I know if you dating the prince and you told your homegirls, I know everybody is like. Period. That was the first conversation. I'm dating the prince. <laughs> You're going to tell me Serena ain't had nothing to say. Serena be over there in Wimbledon and all the things, hitting all the balls. And Serena ain't have no insight. She was at the wedding. See, it's just hard for me to get into the topic. Like, your biggest issue in your life is that you won't, you don't want to be a prince no more. Like, it's just, I'm it trying. Be nice. <laughs> and it's just like, it's too fairy tale for you. It is. You don't want to be. A prince. <laughs> like, that's your biggest problem is you don't want to be a prince and you don't want to walk away from and, your royal family or you are walking away from your royal family. And people but when you was without in lights and water. He had multiple jobs. He was in the military. He was doing so many different things. So it wasn't like you just was required to do this royal family things. Like you've been stepping out and doing all these other things. So like I think he been outcast really, but Megan was really the push for the media over there to be like, okay, we're completely done with Harry at this at this point. I mean, I feel like they've probably been tired of him coming over here frolicking in California, having multiple orgies with multiple people and all of the things. They've been tired. But you know, when you when you're at that that high of a status, like certain things you just just come with a position, and that you just have to prepare yourself for. Like right. that, I mean, that's just I don't know. I'm 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 trying to have sympathy. You don't care. Like <laughs> you don't want to be a friend and have no sympathy. <laughs> you don't care. And Megan been had money, so like her, like her people been had money, so it's like where is the struggle? I don't. I'm it's I'm finding it hard to make it relatable to me. Megan, people got money. They had money. She had money before him. Did she? From what I've read in a few articles work because i remember i remember a couple of her jobs and i just feel like she probably wasn't making that much money opening in a suitcase and sewing them dollar signs i just feel like that job did wasn't but it was money. enough for her to sustain as a successful biracial i was gonna say black biracial woman it was if enough. she would have kept acting you think she's gonna go back to acting now who told her to quit her job because she got married because what she thought mm -hmm. was she was in yeah, she thought she was good for the rest of her life she thought she was good until the firm and whatever the fuck else they got going on over well, there in the got her ass together. Her mama is that black <laughs> right right and right. if her mama ain't ever tell her you gotta have your own regardless of who you with, then I don't know what that part. You know, you always gotta that have part. no matter what. You can't lose yourself as someone Come on! It's a word! <laughs> Y'all listen, it is a word. I don't give a damn who you are with. Have your own coin. Because something could happen tomorrow. And then where I mean, you gonna stay? Where you gonna sleep? What you gonna drive? What you gonna eat? The friends you didn't cut off, your real friends. Okay. They're gonna come let you stay with them. Your rich friends, girl. Them his friends. Them ain't your friends, girl. They just accepted you because you was with him. And regardless of he promised you security, sis, you still have yours. Have your own. Unless your name is even on if he's documents. giving it to you, take what he giving you, put it in your own little checking account, saving account to the side, do what you need to do, put it in your mattress like your grandma used to do if you need to. You gotta have your own. <laughs> I cut open the California keys because clearly, um, in this situation, you never know when you're gonna need money, and if you don't need it, you never know when your kids gonna need money because clearly, Princess Diana is still not here. But she left money because she knew what that Harry was going to want to leave. She knew it. And so she left money. So the whole object of this thing is protect yourself, protect your neck, protect your kids' neck, your family's neck. What's that gagging money. me a little bit is why Tyler Perry? Tyler Perry know them like that? To offer them to live in his house and have his security? I mean, like, that seems so... Why not reach out to Beyonce? Y'all know her and Jay Z. They have multiple homes. Or they might have just been like, "Well, girl, y'all can't stay here." <laughs> like, <laughs> like, why, Tyler? Uh, my just, thing is, y'all could have been. That seems odd. Y'all just need to readjust your means. Like, I don't know why rich people like hit a hard spot and they feel like they can't readjust their means. Okay, you can't afford your lifestyle. Readjust your means until you. Um, what hard spot? They are Andre, left no less than $30 million when she died. And over this time, 
Right. This man is what in his thirties. Right. That money has accumulated and multiplied. It's right. way more than a million. He ain't living beyond his means. He has right. the fucking money. I'm trying to find the struggle, though. I'm trying to find the it struggle. Ain't, for us, it's not a struggle. For, for them, it's like, right. oh, right. my family is racist and they pushed us out. Of course. Like, your family colonized 90% of the world. What are you, what are you surprised about? Okay. <laughs> she didn't Google it. She didn't Google it. She didn't, she didn't Google it, Q. She didn't Google it. What now I have to live a sad, lonely life with my millions of dollars. <laughs> I, I, ain't, I ain't gonna give her that credit and say she ain't researching because we talking about the same little girl. Did y'all see like her little commercial or whatever? She wrote, um, it was a commercial that they showed at her school. It was a soap commercial. And it said women are fighting suds or fighting uh, something about dishes. She was intelligent enough at her younger age to write the creator of this commercial and say, hey, I think that's sexist um, because boys in my class are teasing me saying that that's where a woman should be in the kitchen anyways. You can't tell me a little girl that intelligent has grown up and has lost all her resources. Yeah. It ain't added up. I'm still trying to find the struggle. I mean, did y'all hear about, not the segue off her, did y'all hear about the situation with uh, Andre Leon Talley? Do y'all know who that is? Uh-huh. Yep. I know who that is, but I ain't hear about the situation. The dude, the, the, the black guy that was on America's Next Top Model, the fashion dude. Yes, <laughs> yes, He yes. used to wear the, not a dashiki, but it looked like a dashiki, the little cakes or whatever. How's that? Cool. Yes. Mm-hmm. He has fallen on hard times as well. He was the editor at Vogue for like 30 years. Let me just put that in into the space. The editor at Vogue for like 30 some odd years. So apparently his house at this point is like, he's about to be evicted from his home. Why is your and home then, not paid off if you had all this money all these years? Let's get to it. Apparently this is not the first, he's found bankruptcy like four or five times, I think. The gag is the first time he was coming into issues with his home, I guess he reached out to some of his fashion friends, like his like fashion house friends. And apparently he says they bought the home with their money and then he was going to pay them back like a a lease to own type situation. Well, now those people are saying... Cause I know they want nothing to us. Continue. Okay. <laughs> so apparently they're saying he ain't been making his payments. He's saying he already paid them all the things. But I'm like, well, if you paid them all the things, then this is not an issue. Just show right. that you paid all the things, and then this is your house. So obviously that did not work out for him. So now he's trying to like counter sue and all these things. But I'm like you, E. Were you making money at all, which has now come under debate, or were you just taking favors from white people? You're at the front row of fashion shows as a favor. That's not a job. You're just at the front row, and now you're writing about them in Vogue. Part of me is like, there's no way that Vogue wasn't paying you coins. There's just no possible way, unless you got the position as a favor. So people are like, well, he spent his whole life just getting favors from white people. And now those white people have run out of favors to give him. And now he has nothing to fall back on. Granted, this man is like, what, 60, 70, health issues, health failing. But again, where is the struggle? I can't sympathize with poor money men. They have more money than me. Like, I'm, help me understand. How, like, Come on. I really right. get what you're saying. Just like, uh, poor him. I just feel like I, I feel like if I was rich, I just wouldn't. I say that as not being a rich person. I just feel like if I was rich, the way I live now is below my means now, right? So I feel like if I came into a greater situation, my mindset would be, well, bitch, I got to get old, God willing. Mm-hmm. I would like to just live out the rest of my life and not have to be worried about why are you still paying your mortgage in your 70s? Right. 
and you were the editor in chief at Vogue. You should have been paying for your house in cash. This is the thing that get me with some rappers, and they be like, "Oh, my house, this many bedrooms." But girl, did you buy it, or can the bank put you out? Because the these are two different things. Do you own your home, or can somebody come in and say you didn't pay last month's rent? You need to leave. That be confusing to me. So I'm with I'm with E with the financial responsibility. I'm right. like That's why I'm struggling with the Megan Markle thing. I just, you know, <laughs> I'm all for you know black girl power and you know, you know, we yeah. got a connection in with the royal family and all of that. But when it comes down to it, like I, I'm I mean, struggling to find the struggle. I mean, I still with her when she was talking about like her her mental issues and like depression because that stuff is real. Like I sympathize with that Suicide. side. You know right, what I'm saying? Right, right. But when it comes to you, got to know what you you knew. She she had to know what she was walking into. Like I feel like I feel like she feel like she can go in there and she could change it or <laughs> she could be like this person and try to do these things and it was a harder task at hand. So then she really kind of saw the real side. I don't even think she thought she could have changed it. I thought she went in thinking she was one of them because oh, she married him. For sure. Just like they were going to accept me just because. It's just like... I don't think so. And <laughs> once them folks told her, well, your son is... um, He don't get no title, girl. That's what I feel like she hit the fan because she thought she had set her family up and I don't blame her for that. Girl, go over there and take them folks the money, girl, and fuck up that bloodline, girl. I'm something. here for it. I'm here for it. But that Everybody thing I was playing. saying, oh, um, they made sure to say the queen was nice. She was all good. Okay, but the, the head of the monarchy, if you mean to tell me that they telling your grandson that oh, your child is not going to have a title because you married this biracial woman. You, as the head of the monarchy, shouldn't you have the power to override everyone as the queen and say, um, no? Do any of them hoes have power, though? Or is the media control the rest of the country feel like the royals? Do the hoes like really have power? Or are them hoes the equivalent of Paris Hilton? Like, which one is it? I feel like overall they are equivalent to Paris Hilton, a figurehead. But right. in that family, within that figurehead, I feel like the queen is the head. She has control. Yes. I agree. So as far as that title and the way that they are treating the grandson, his wife, and the great grandson, and right. about to be the great granddaughter, the queen can override that shit in the family. She can say everybody pull together. We're gonna have a family meeting. If you don't want to come, if you don't want to do right then I'm stripping you of your fucking title. She has the power to do that as the queen. I think it would be different if Megan had married William. Ew. Because he is, go he is going to be the king. But yes, yeah. he's ugly and all that, but he is yeah. going to be king. So if she had, or he would not have married her at all because he knew it would have been a problem because he wants to be king. So that's the thing. William wants to be king. She married somebody. Yes, he's the brother of, but Henry was never going to be king. Ever. Unless William died and all his children. But you guys he would know, never like, be king. Traditionally, back in the day, people only married like based off uh, maintaining your wealth. People still so do that. to marry for yeah. love back in the day was kind of like a stupid thing to do. People don't use right. marriage as a thing of love. So, I mean, that could be a reason, you know, they, they're having such issues because I believe if he truly married her and gave up his rights, meaning Harry, Harry actually loved her. So oh, he loves her. Yeah. That's what they married for. They married for yeah. love instead of like the traditional, Not okay, status. this is for wealth and passing the wealth and all this stuff. But the gag mm -hmm. is Kate was nobody prior. Right. So what's the difference? <laughs> There's only one difference. Kate was nobody prior. That was that is the gag. It was a hundred percent and not fifty. Somebody said something really funny. Kind of the same vibe you on E. I forgot who said it. Maybe it was Funky Daniva. But it was like it was real hard watching Oprah sit up here and talk to this white woman adjacent. 
Like, like it was just real hard because she don't were have you, the same no. struggles as an everyday black woman. I mean, I just were you black before or after they kicked you out? That's the gag. But my right. only hope for her is the fact that I've seen her mother, and I know that her mother is a brown skinned black woman. Like you cannot deny it when you see her mama. But we don't know her teachings, though. Just because she looked like exactly. that, we don't know exactly. her. She might have been putting her child in private schools, piano I mean, lessons. Ain't nothing wrong with the private school because nothing. the way education is going, I, I'm all for if you got to put them in private school, do your thing. You know what I'm saying? Because the educational system is shoot, especially public. Fair. I just feel like she could have been put in a position to. I mean, mom's uh, further her like opportunities in life, right? To further her opportunities in life, she could have been put in a certain position early on. So maybe all she's ever known was that life, and then once that changed, her her life is unraveling. But you know, that's what all the um oh I was gonna say something very uh I'm so I'm so glad that didn't come out of my mouth. You know what all the other 50 percenters do. Like you it's know the what I'm ring saying? for me, it's the diamonds for me. You know what all the other like 50 percenters do? It's like when they're growing up, they identify with their more Caucasian and European side. But then when it comes to them being older and they start getting these struggles and having these hardships, now it's like, oh. I want to identify with my black side. Let me let me try to identify and connect with them through struggle. Why does it and nothing's wrong with that? Well, not connecting with them through struggle. struggle. I was gonna say not connecting with them through struggle, but trying to connect. Nothing's wrong with that part because or when something happens, it's like oh, but I'm a black woman. It's like but right, right. Or claim. Let me ask you this question. Let me ask everybody this question. I want to see what everybody got to say. If you were born passing passing now and we all know what i mean by passing over here honey not over here so <laughs> if you were all born passing and your early <laughs> okay trans translucent <laughs> if you were all I'm following, born, but I'm trying to figure out. If you were all born, if you were all born into into that environment, and then your early formative years, you spent your life like on the cusp, so you could easily, easily, easily fit in with other passing folks and what other white folks. You could do both, and you were raised in an environment that was surrounded by white folks. Now, this is to say that you don't have two parents that know very well what you are and who they are. Like, your white parent is very aware of Black issues, and then your Black parent is very like, hey, you look like this when you will be treated like this in mm -hmm. these certain situations. Let's put that to the, put that to the side. So let's say you go to college, you get in the real world, and your whole life you've been kind of living over here on this passing side, right? So some shit happens to you outside of the protection of your parents or your household, and now you're figuring out for the first time in the world, oh shit, that other 50%. We speaking about him, you, you, you trying to give us a different uh, No, what would y'all do? How would how would you cope with that in the world? I mean, it's hard to imagine with us all being brown and dark skinned. We've never been in that position. But position yourself being born passing enough so you were afforded certain opportunities very early on because you were passing. And then this really opportunity that you wanted really, really bad, the person's basically like, no, because you're black. But your whole life you've been like getting the opportunities because you're so passing. But I feel like that, that privilege should be checked at a younger age. And I feel like when you're younger, that puts the responsibility on the parents to say like, mm. hey, I know this is what you are. I know that this is what you, this is what you relate to. This is what you hang around. Mm -hmm. Hey, let's have a real talk. It's like the conversation we have to have with our young black men and black girls. Like when you mm. get in the real world, this is what it is. So I feel like just because you're 50%, it doesn't, um, you don't get a pass for not having that conversation. 
and right. still check that privilege very early on. Like, okay, I'm gonna say this. Um, kids can be assholes. Absolutely. We all know that because we have all been kids. We've all been through that period. And so you cannot tell me that Megan Marco did not go to school and it was a kid in her class that said, your milk isn't clean or, oh, you half breed. Oh, you a mulatto. The hair, because you know she had the thick black curly yeah. hair. Like she clearly stood out. Yes. Because you, you're half black. You can't tell that the class in school was not an asshole because it's yeah, always that one kid. Up from school. Like, oh, that's your mama? Yeah. yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Kim. You, you have to be aware. As for me, um, if that was me and I was 50 50, mm -hmm. I would want to, you know, try to reach out to my black side as far as because they say if you if you're you know half and half then you mm -hmm. are what you you are black tomorrow. so for me i would reach out you know and try to but get would you already know that though more would you feel that way though if you had not been told that your entire life you know what i'm saying what if nobody ever told you hey when you go out in the world that 50 percent means you're all black to really everybody else but for you you identify as being both but the world will see you that what if you never got that lesson uh, well, if that would just be a, a a lesson learned for me, if you know, I go out there into the world and they say, "Hey, you are not this. You are black. You are not the fifty. You know, fifty fifty as you were, you know, brought up to be." Mm -hmm. That would be my thing. That would be a lesson to me to to say, "Hey, well, I am black, mm -hmm. even though I am. You know, I do have that that white side <laughs> in me." Mm -hmm. So it's just like it's a basically a learning lesson if you did not learn that growing up. And as for me, I you know do have cousins that are mixed and they had to learn <coughs> the hard way. Right. When they, when they was coming up. So right. it was just like but them having a, a father figure in their lives that, that was black and their mothers were white, mm -hmm. they had to learn from their dad that look, this is what's gonna happen to you. Because this is how I grew up. I'm gonna show you the right way because you're gonna be judged because you look like you're white, but guess what? You are black. Right. So it's just like it's a basically a learning lesson. So teaching. That will have to be, right. Uh, and, and I, I was just gonna. Go ahead. Oh my bad. But I just looked it up, and her mama uh, was a social worker, so I know for for a fact. Like she was taught family. these lessons. They yeah. had oh. these talks. <laughs> they had and I was going to say it depends on which parent is the 50% as well because right very much so know, and how present is that 50% parent you know what I'm saying right. absolutely um, right. we see it though like because look at with the wedding she had her black Baptist church members she to go to her wedding and sing in the church the media had a problem with that they did but you can tell that this woman, she knows that she has a black background. And like you said, right. to the parents' credit, that mama being black or if that mama is white, I hate to say it. Say it. A difference. <laughs> that makes a lot of difference. Read them. And <laughs> so that's the simple fact that this girl, I mean, this young woman took her Baptist church over to England to sing in her wedding was a big deal to me it showed that hey i know i'm black i know where i'm come from right so, you know hey you gonna have to deal with it so basically what you're saying is she was pissing them folks off from the beginning oh yeah i would have to. <laughs> what what that, when you think about it though that's like black women in the workforce anyways like we have so many things against us and i feel like you know what i'm saying that it was just i guess that's what it, why, why it's so hard for me to to relate to it or understand mm -hmm. her struggle is because if you identified as black before then, ain't no way this is your mm -hmm. first situation to where you have had that racist interaction. So why are you so shook? Yeah, like why? Like what? I don't understand. I think it's the privilege that comes along with being a royal. Mm. I think it's the son not having a title for me. Because mm. now yeah. they just living out here like, you know, common folk. 
Granted, I feel nothing's wrong with that, but that's not the vision she had. But I feel like she had a, um, she knew beforehand, like if that were to happen, if we were to have kids, he probably wouldn't get that title or gain that title over there. I think that that shook her. Because I I don't think think he just grew up and was just totally oblivious to what would have happened. And why are you arguing about a title from a racist family? Like, I probably wouldn't want no connection right. to them anyway. So, what's the big? I'm, I'm. See, that's where it's the disconnect. It's like we know they're racist, and you, but you're fighting for your title to be connected to this family. Like, I mean, brown skin people get in relationships with <laughs> white folks all the time for the bag or the coin and that person can be in the bedroom calling them all the n-words while they slapping them around and penetrating their hoes but they'll deal with it because of the bag people do that all the (laughs) (laughs) time people do that all the time that is nothing new it's like i'll sacrifice a little dignity for the everlasting bag. People do that all the time. And you have to admit the idea of the idea of being a royal and having your children be royal is kind of like a very much Cinderella princess type gigorama that she had to have envisioned for herself. And number one, it's the first time to my knowledge in history that they've ever been like, oh, we don't have enough money for your child to have the title. Which not the first time ever, just so happy y'all don't have the money for my child to have a title. Oh, it's this over here. Got it. <laughs> that probably shook her and him. Honestly, truly. And honestly, I don't know why it shook her because if I was her, I'd still be in Buckingham Palace raising hell in that motherfucker. I don't care. You ain't gonna give my son a title, but guess what? I'm gonna pop up with every event, every family meeting. You gonna see me new outfit. Every barbecue we playing WAP. We listening to Megan Thee Stallion. I was just gonna say. I'm in my Serena. Don't be playing every time I walk through the goddamn doors. Every time I step through the doors. Right. Mm-mm. But is she, is she, is she, you know, that, that come from that other 50% side that she, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, yeah. It could, it could be Tim McGraw and Carrie Underwood. We don't know. <laughs> we, we, we don't know what the vibes are I mean if I look at like it me personally as far as like the black community I didn't necessarily always fit in with the community that was around me at the time of the individuals that were black because I went to a school where everybody was white and it was like Four black people, literally, no exaggeration, four in my class. And I dressed, <clears throat> well, I guess like in high school, I dressed like the white people because I hit a phase where I was like, well, I'm not wearing Jabot anymore. I'm not wearing South Pole anymore. American Express was popping at the time. So you was more preppy, not mm. the white people, because you know. Right. I was more preppy than my fellow brethren. <laughs> Let's put it that way. And they treated me as such. They treated me as such throughout my entire high school, elementary. I always befriended white kids more. So I kind of had this thing in my head where I would always want to hang out with the white kids outside of school. I would like, even sometimes imagine a world where I would receive the same privilege as white kids. And I remember my daddy wanted to take me out of the school because he was he he noticed the change, obviously. He was like, okay, he is not just friends with these kids. He's starting to develop like he wants to be one of these kids. <clears throat> so my daddy had a talk with me. Yada 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 yada. I ended up staying at the school because I was like, I'm not going to no brand new school, 10th grade year with like a completely different environment than I'm used to. I'm not doing it. I'm graduating with the people that I know, even though you feel the way you feel about them. So I did that. And it really wasn't until college, really junior college, where I started hanging out with more black people 
But then also I saw a lot of true colors of those white people once we didn't have to be in class together eight hours a day. Once it was a choice to be friends. Mm -hmm. The cold shoulder, the no speak. And I came out, then I came out, all them hoes disappeared, okay? All of them hoes. But luckily I had a, my group of little, you know, my black friends, da, 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 da. And then I was like, oh, this feels better. This feels more natural. I'm not longing to really be somebody, be in a certain environment. This feels more natural. But y'all was in college. That is a long time where I feel like many people, probably all of y'all, if not most, grew up in an environment very different. So out the gate, you felt really comfortable in your skin and in your environment. It took a long time for me to feel comfortable in my skin because it was so much going on in my head. The wanting to be like the white boys, the being gay and all that extra shit that comes along with that. So it was difficult. Not saying it has anything to do with Megan. I'm just saying, sometimes the community can be very, very... Not accepting of you unless you are just like them. Just say judgmental. They can very judgmental. Very judgmental. Very judgmental. (laughs) So sometimes it's easier to just. I would feel like for someone like that, it would probably it may be easier in some situations to skate to your whiteness versus than to skate to your blackness because the black people are probably already like or possibly like, here come this bitch with the fair skin. Here come this bitch with the naturally straight hair down her back. But I feel like that starts at home too, because I didn't like, um, like I feel like Clint was a very mixed um community. But me growing up, my mm. grandmother spoke those things into me and spoke about mm. being black and spoke like at a very young age. So Damn I feel like that. you know this what I'm saying. Like I feel like it kind of goes into what you exposed to as a young child in your home as well, because you start your first learning at home. You don't start your first learning at school and out in the community. Absolutely. Right. I feel like it has to be a shift in the culture of like, <laughs> what are we exposing our kids to? What are we teaching our kids about themselves? Right, right. Because yeah. that could that could have went very left for me. Mm-hmm. That could, I could have been the dude with the blue contacts that was pro-Trump, bitch. I could have been him <laughs> <laughs> with the spiky hair and a swoop. Like I. Could've... Okay. <laughs> okay. That, that could have. Ben, I'm just saying, but I do agree. It starts early and people really, I would say people, not just biracial kids, black kids too. If you grow up in an area and you notice as the parent that their environment is either very diverse or very one-sided, it's up to the teachers in that child's life. And when I say teacher, I mean their parents, their grandparents, their uncles, their aunties to be very realistic with those children because it's very easy to grow up and be like well Corey gets to do whatever and we got the same damn grades and we we basically the same except for our skin so why does Corey get to be homecoming king and I mean it can be very bad if you address it sooner on like speaking so I believe in like being proactive instead of reactive it's like building them up like we do with the boys here like you are um you are intelligent you are smart you are a king like i'm saying just building up their self-esteem and telling them these things about themselves like um like mjsa like why am i lighter and my brother's darker and it's just like talking about like you're still black like he will always say like i want to be darker or stuff like that and it's it makes me proud that he because you don't see that shift in wanting to be darker and things like that but it's like you are you are black you are fine just the way you are you are smart you are intelligent so it's like building them up at that younger age and starting early when they because you know how our parents were we asked them questions and our curiosity came up and it was like because I said so or don't need to know about that yet or you will find out about that later it's like having that open dialogue with them and answer like you don't have to go into detail and go into depth until they get a little bit older but start speaking that knowledge into them early I love y'all for that I I feel like you can uh, (laughs) teach a kid early on about those differences but they will have to learn on their own like when and how to use it just because I feel like I got an overdose of that talk. Just kind of like, okay, just because my grandmother grew up, you know, in a area that was segregated during that period. 
So mm-hmm. they had to walk the school versus the bus coming and pick up, you know, the non-melanated uh, individuals. So um, when I went to college and stuff, you know, I'm like, okay, grandmother, <laughs> right? Okay, you know, times has changed. Things are a little different. And, you know, she's still like, well, not necessarily. Like, <laughs> it's not different. So you go to college, you meet uh, friends of all different races and you think you can do the same things that they can do. But it's just like, if you're at work or something, your coworkers can be there talking loud in a corner and stuff, but you better not go over there in that corner and start doing the exact same thing because right. you'll be made an example. And you have to learn that sometimes the hard way than just being taught. Cause I was taught my whole life and I had to learn it at work to be like, okay, I can't do those same things. I can't right. make those same mistakes that my other counterparts can make. Because questions weren't an option. Like I remember as a kid, my right. dated friends, my dated friends were always talk about the color of me and my sister's eyes in a way that felt uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But as a child, you don't know what that uncomfortable feeling is. As you get older, you start putting the pieces together. Them folks was basically saying that my daddy wasn't my daddy. Right. Is what they were getting at. Because me and my sister look so different than him. We're not as dark as he are and our eyes are very, very light. Just taking out the complete equation of science and biology by looking at my damn mama. And, and all of her family members completely ignoring that my damn uncle Lafayette is dark as night and his eyes are green naturally <laughs> I mean dark as the nighttime okay at running through the house looking like Nightcrawler from X-Men <laughs> 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 It gives very bad because his eyes are so light, but they completely ignore it. That I'm just kind of like, son, so fair skin and his eyes. Da, 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 da. Then when white people in my life started saying that, they were getting at, oh, you must be mixed with something. You're not fully black. You must have you. You're a little spicy. So you. This makes you better in a way. Mm-hmm. Again, come college. Does it make you like, better? Or does it make them more comfortable to approach you? Like take the issue off of them. That's exactly what it is. It makes them more comfortable. More comfortable. That's what it is. That's what it is. Fuck y'all being comfortable. (laughs) For all educators, y'all need to be like Erica Kane. All you educators out there, this is the one. Okay? Take note. Uh-uh, some damn kids some sense. <laughs> I have extra meetings. <laughs> if that's what you want. But I'm going to go to war for my kids. So. Pick your guess. Pick, okay. Pick your struggle. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> teach them. Teach them. Oh. Okay. We really went off into that. Um, so what time is it? <laughs> how much time do we have? <laughs> have we, I don't even know how long we 31, so that's just about we got started like so just about a little under an hour. We're running out of time. Okay, cool. So we got a little yes, we're running out of time right now. Do we want to hop into our pits? We can dive into the All right, pits. All right, now, y'all, we are now for the dive into the pits. Let's get started. Hey, let us have it. Right. Y'all want me to start off? You've been waiting all night. Who earned the day on the pit? (laughs) But, you know, my pit right now is this movie, um, Judas and the Black Messiah. I don't know if people have seen it. It's on HBO Max. I just, I don't know what I thought it was going to be. Um, just a little recap of the movie. It's about the Black Panthers and how um, another Black guy kind of infiltrates the Black Panthers for the FBI and pretty much like tries to take them down. Like y'all find this out at the beginning of the movie, so it ain't no spoiler alerts. Mm-hmm. But it just wasn't thought out what it was on. But I thought it was gonna be like I'm like okay, Black Panthers, Black Power. Like I'm all for like I feel like I just needed a movie that was that made me feel like Black Black Panther made me feel like I'm proud, like we here, we doing it. But I didn't get that. 
why does it always have to be us in the movie that's taking us down? I don't understand it. And it pissed me off so much, y'all. And I'm just like, why can't we? I understand I'm all for Black history. I'm all for this. But why can't we make more movies that brings us together like Black Panther did? Why are we taking, why are we taking each other down? Why are we turning on each other? Why? Like, I, can we stop making these movies? I'm, I'm sick of it. Is it us making the movies or is it them making the movies and we're taking the jobs? I feel like that was a black producer and director. I have to look it up, mm. but I'm almost positive. Um, Interesting. But I mean, it, it's more of a documentary and it's more of, because it, it was based off a real life story. Right. It's based off of the history of them. <laughs> but it's like, why are these still our box office movies? I'm tired of seeing us in the struggle. I'm tired of seeing us. 12 years a slave. Like, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm so over that dynamic. Like, and I had to go watch Coming to America twice, which Coming to America too. Yes, Eddie Murphy did his thing, you know. I still I, have I had seen to go it. I need to go watch that tonight. Yes, if you want to feel like Black Panther made you feel for the culture and unapologetically mm-hmm. us, that is the movie to see. But that's my pick. Like, can we stop making these movies? I'm sick of it. Can we show us in a different light? Stop it. Honestly, my opinion. <laughs> I'm here for that. that. When it comes to our community, they love a good white savior movie like The Hill um, or 12 Years a Slave, like you said. Um, no disrespect to those yeah, actors. No Get your coins, Dango get your check. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, Lupita Lupita got her, Dango, you know. like, yo, did that, all of that. But, but. <laughs> we are tired of seeing slave movies. We tired of seeing segregation movies. Like, when y'all, like you said, E, when we saw the Black Panthers were going to be portrayed on film, we thought we were going to get an actual Black Panther movement experience. I haven't seen the movie yet, but from the way you described it, mm, I probably I, I had to stop watching. Like I left, I left my husband by himself, and I went and I started cooking in the kitchen. I was like, you know what? Like it just brought me down. Like so, like it just shifted my whole move. And I was like, you know what? I just can't even take this movie. I'm done. Um, I, I, I'm sick of seeing movies like this. I'm not gonna waste your time. It's a great movie. Don't get me wrong. Like it, right. the, the actors and actresses are great. And I mean, if you know, if you want to see a great movie, but if you have to be in a good mental space, wait, so right, and prepare was, yourself for it. Was it more about Fred Hampton, or was it more about the guy who, um, the black FBI agent who? He wasn't even an FBI agent. A white FBI agent flipped him to infiltrate. Like so, he was he was he was supposed to get some jail time for portraying a fake FBI agent, um, and they just used him to infiltrate them. So it was more about him. Well, it was a good it was a good story about the what's the guy named the Black Panther. Um, him uh-huh. and his wife. Yeah, it was a great story about his life. Don't get me wrong. Like it's a great history moment. And it, it did teach me a lot of things that I didn't know, like about his situation and what was going on. But still, it was just like it's another black man taking out another black man. Why does it happen? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And without ruining the end, ruining the end, it was just like okay, like this is just too much. But that's why that's my piece. Who next? Like it. I like it. Put him in a pit. <laughs> oh, Kim, what you got for us? Come on, Katie. Uh, I don't have nothing today, but I'll make sure I have some for y'all next week. AKA, Kim got something to do after. Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, 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 wrap it up. Remember that? Chappelle show. Wrap it up. That is it. I had got the time about. <laughs> <laughs> I got that about three or four times within the last ten minutes. Thanks to the people to see. You got anything, Q? Oh yeah, I got something. Um, to Apple. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm sick. I'm sick, sick, sick <laughs> of y'all shit. And when I'm not sick, I'm tired. I'm sick and tired. <laughs> Because what did Apple I, do to you? If I lose my phone, and the fact that I lost my phone under my coat on my couch, I know it's my fault, but still, I couldn't find it. I couldn't see it. So I got on my computer, right? And I logged into iCloud. 
And when I logged into iCloud, it said, oh, we're going to send a message to your device so you can type it in so you can access iCloud on your computer. Well, bitch, how could I access my device if I don't know what my device is? Why are you sending the code to my device if I don't have it? I'm looking for the fucking device. That's why I'm on the computer, bitch. So why are you sending me a code? Why are you sending me a code? I'm trying to get into the email. You, the right the you, you had to find my iPhone. That's me. <laughs> Erica, I can get this to find my iPhone. I put my hands before God. I, I get this to find my iPhone. E. They said, oh, we're going to send you this six-digit code to your device. The device is lost. So why are you sending the device a code, bitch? Mm -mm. I'm right here in front of the computer. I need to get into the account. So Apple, what the fuck is going on? Do I need an iPad? Do I need an iPod? I don't even know if y'all make iPods no more. But do I need a fucking iPod? Read them. Right. Read Apple. Okay. Y'all this billion dollar ass company, y'all done did all this shit. But yet. What have they done that's new though? I'm tired. What is going on? <laughs> Make it even harder to log yeah. in. <laughs> we got KD back. We got KD back. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I skipped one off of my Apple. I'm tired. I'm, like, I don't know who's in charge of them. It ain't Bill Gates. He's over Microsoft. But the other dude, Tim, I think his name Tim. He did. Tim, Whoever he, was over it. Then uh, Steve died. He did. Steve dead and gone. He in the ground. I ain't talking to him. I'm talking to the other one. <laughs> Although together. Do not send me another code to my computer when I'm looking for my phone saying that you're gonna send it to my device because my device is lost. That ain't helping me, Tim. It ain't helping. <laughs> but are you gonna buy Android? Look, I love my <laughs> I don't like to record security camera footage off of my phone. Because those cameras are horrible and they blow up on planes and shit. And I'm black and I ain't got time for that shit. My phone blew up in my pocket. I'm telling you, now, it's gonna be a problem. So your phone is gonna be lost. Your phone gonna be lost. Forget that. He owns everything. Let it happen. And you know that what? Is lost? I try to log into my fucking email through iCloud. It's gonna tell me, oh, we're sending it to your device. But well, what device, bitch? What, what device? <laughs> Well, you need to go ahead while you found your phone. Go ahead and like sign in so that it, it recognizes you, and then you know you won't have no problems next time. Because I feel like this is gonna happen again for you. <laughs> Come on with the advice and a read. It wasn't a read. It was a church compliment. <laughs> it was. It was. It was a church compliment. Yes. I'm gonna just get one of them old school phone holders and just keep that bitch on my side. Is what the fuck I'm gonna do? No, you're not, Miss <laughs> Phoenix. What you got? Mrs. <laughs> oh, it for the weekend, and I want to talk to this young lady directly. So about her story, sis took her four hundred, her last four hundred dollars, and drove all the way to Atlanta from New York just for the weekend, and I believe it was her rent money. Used it for gas in a hotel and she got stuck at All-Star Weekend. Mm. Now mm. you have a GoFundMe, what is it? That, that's what it's called, mm -hmm. GoFundMe. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. And you want people to donate money to you because of your poor decisions. We do not bail people out for poor decisions, period. If you wanted to go twerk on the weekend, <laughs> for All-Star Weekend, <laughs> you should have did it at a more affordable place. <laughs> <laughs> He was trying to get her a baller. This was the weekend they was out. You believe in Mike to get home. <laughs> Welcome to the field, honey. You said what a hood Go off. Speaking of that, I'm going to piggyback and dive real deep into the pits because the pandemic is still real even though people are getting the vaccine so everybody that was at all-star weekend your ass is in the pits because your ass needed to be fucking home y'all ain't had no mask on y'all out here in the club i know y'all live patrina and rick ross dumb hoes breathing in each other's mouth right <laughs> all in the club it's high and sweaty 
It's raw dog in the air. Some of y'all got children and y'all are going back home to pick up your child from your sister Nika house. And now your child come down with the cough and you giving your child copious amounts of Robitussin. This is not it. Y'all, it is still a pandemic going on. If you're going to travel and go somewhere, um, do that. Just can you be safe? Can you not be on the camera at All-Star Weekend with everybody else? Just a sea of people. I ain't taking another precaution. I know Atlanta is wide the fuck open. Okay, but they use are. your sense, baby. Use your common sense. I want y'all on camera. So I don't want to stay around you, from around you. Right, use your common sense. <laughs> I just don't understand how y'all do it. Y'all hoes need to burn deep down <laughs> in the pits so the rest of us can get back to some normalcy it's y'all it's not us it's you stay your fucking ass at the house or travel (laughs) safely how everybody that posted that was going to the all-star weekend i just kept being like did y'all see the post where the girl got out of the u-haul van Yes, we're sleeping in there. Oh, man. Yes, man. she was staying in a U-Haul for all that week. Because the hotels were expensive. <laughs> Y'all want to fuck and marry little baby that bad? That Girl. D- these men about ain't got no damn money. Who even plays in All Star Weekend? Was well, LeBron is married. Were there any single rich niggas there? Dusty, yeah. <laughs> was there any quality niggas even at playing at All Star Weekend? I'm that confused. Right. So what I mean, was y'all going there to do? Oh, KD ain't KD single. Is KD single? I don't know. KD single. Know. Ugly ass KD. Yeah, but you know them bitches don't care. They'll the one that tried to come for Cash Doll. The only KD I know. I don't follow sports. But that's not a whole nother story. First of all, let's not let's be clear. When you hear somebody say KD, we're going straight to Kevin Durant. Ain't nobody talking about no cash doll. Cash doll. He did exactly right, gathering her together. Okay. That don't change the fact that he's ugly and patchy. But go off, sis. (laughs) Is Kevin Durant really out here marrying thoughts? I had never heard that about him. No, he just fucking him. I mean, I'm it's a lot saying. of you, married or not, that's probably fucking at the All-Star Weekend. <laughs> but still, if you got to stay in a fucking van, a U-Haul van, no installation. You got a U-Haul van, is it Damn. worth it? <laughs> that means it it's not affordable. So. I'm just saying, if I was, I, you know, just saying, sex work is real. Get your money, honey. If I was a hoe, I don't think Atlanta would be the spot that I would go to to try to make money from hoeing. That's true. I mean, if she had a U-Haul van, I think that would be pretty creative. Because, I mean, you got your spot in the U-Haul van. Girl, yeah, on the not creative. Girl, <laughs> not just... renting and getting charged overnight fees. Wop on the U-Haul. move. If I see I not wop on the move. The back of a U-Haul van at the club, I'm calling the police and I never call the police. <laughs> I'm calling the law. <laughs> Oh, your ass that night. I'm just saying, y'all. Listen, they could have been pulling the queen at home and they on the move, but they just need to make a pit stop by the club. No, they need to be in the pits for having their ass outside <laughs> during the fucking pandemic Listen. at an all-star weekend. If she got Looking her coins, the- more power to her. If she did it for free, she in the pits. Baby, get your money by any means. Tweet me and let me get tell me the amount you made. <laughs> Tweet me and tell me. Tell me the amount you made, and then I'll decide if you need to be in the pit. Well, Biden ain't talking. sending no money, so they gotta get it how they live in. Baby, <laughs> no money shit. Where is our money, Joe? She hopping out of a U-Haul. You, oh, part two, though. You didn't do it. Money. We're still waiting. My bank account is still empty. Where is my money? <laughs> didn't Joe play the fuck out of us? We're supposed to be getting this on or whatever. Yeah, I think I'm fourteen hundred short. What about my uh, my student loans, though, Joe? Because I yeah, heard man. we was going to do something about them, but... Well, they dropped from 50 to 10 real quick. He wasn't even too... Yeah, he never say 10 or 50. Joe was always adamant about 10. He didn't never say 50. He never say 50, but it would have been nice to do that. I mean, you did just... Joe, I'm going to have it. 
Don't care. We, we fumbled the birdie bag twice. I don't understand. Quiet. I just kept on going to be in my grave with the student loans, honey, because they ain't really affecting my credit score anyway, girl, so they can keep it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm going to leave this goddamn country. That part. On that note, this was the pits, everybody. This was yeah. our first real episode of the pits we did a thing (laughs) we're partying inside in our homes (laughs) (laughs) all right who's gonna sign us off who's gonna take us out by the way guys we're figuring it out as we go it just is what it is so until we get the flow Who's signing off? Y'all keep getting that vaccine, so I ain't got to get it. Keep me safe. Do y'all think? You have been in the pit? Get it. (laughs) Peace, everybody. Peace. KD, go do what you got to do, girl, because I know they waiting. She's in them streets. Yeah, well, they let say. Let's bye, girl. <laughs> they say money, don't let it make you. <laughs> <laughs>